For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster Welcome to First Impressions, the podcast where we talk about our love for Jane Austen and many, many other things, whatever we feel <laughs> like, actually this is a mini pod. We found ourselves on a video call with each other and um, through various long stories short, we were going to pod and now we're not. And so but we're still going to pod. We're just we're doing a different pod. pod. This is just of not on the, the original topic. And so, as you know, Maggie is a huge. Well, as you heard last time. Maggie's a huge Halloween fan. I am. So please give us like the rundown of all the awesome parties, awesome costumes, et cetera, et cetera, that you have had. Okay. Well, let's talk about first about why I assume we love Halloween because I, Kristen, you must like Halloween too, right? Eh. Oh, eh. that's so sad. I don't ever, never have the energy to like do a cool costume. I just don't have the energy for anything extra in my life. Okay. So it's probably just being like a theater kid, but Halloween basically is the culmination of everything that I love. It rivals Christmas. I think Christmas edges it out because of cookies and presents, but Halloween it's like candy costumes, scary movies. <laughs> So, yeah, like. it's all these things. I love. Cooler temperatures, the fall is my favorite season. Yeah. It's just like as soon as that clock flips over on September 1st, it's spooky season. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> when you're young, Halloween is super fun because you get to go trick-or-treating and you get all the candy and you're dressing up and you're out at night and it's spooky. And then when you're older, like in college, there's great parties. You can dress really sexy if you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then when you get older than that, you can just like watch scary movies and pass out candy for the trick-or-treaters, which is so <laughs> cute. Oh my God. Kids in their costumes. It's so cute. And then now that I have, you know, Alex is almost two years old, so he's going to go trick-or-treating this year just to the neighbors, but he's going to be cute. So anyway, Halloween is just a big culmination of everything that I love. Um, so what are some classic Halloweens? I specifically remember when I was like 12, and that was a really weird age because 12, you still want to go trick-or-treating, but you have the realization that you're really too old. So we, I was yeah. at my friend's house. We got all dressed up. I did like full face paint, which like green face paint. I think we went to one house and then we were, and there were all these little kids there ahead of us. And we were like, this is not for us anymore. It was really sad. That was <laughs> I, a sad I, Halloween. I never liked it because it's October 31st yeah 31st oh my god Kristen it's getting it's getting dark. I was just between 30th and 31st because I never remember never remember the months that have the 30 mm -hmm. I have to sing every single damn time 30 days half September yeah so anyway I know when Halloween is and approximately <laughs> and it uh it always bummed me out because it was cold you had to wear a coat over your costume so why it's not always bother? cold there though here in Virginia um last year on Halloween it was like in the 60s like it was not that cold let me ask you a question does it freak you out that people like obscure their faces and yeah, are walking I around I, I had I had a feeling that might not be something you would be into yeah I don't know I get scared really easily I just I don't know scared of the dark scared of everything scared of spiders and I mean that's fair Bay my husband he he loves Halloween too, but we have very different takes on Halloween. I love a scary Halloween. I want <laughs> scary decorations. I want scary movies. Um, he is like, no, Halloween's for kids. It should be like swoopy, which is like cute and spooky. So it's like fun. So it's like, yeah, it's poopy. So, yeah. yeah. So every year we have like negotiations for. <laughs> 
new decor <laughs> because every year I like to add to my Halloween decor as you do. And he, first of all, he's always like, no, no more. We have too much. And then I manipulate him. I mean, um, convince him <laughs> to let me get more Halloween decor. And so I know that he's not going to let me get anything scary. So I have to find like kind of cutesy, but fun Halloween decorations. So I have like a giant light up, um, candy corn with like a witch's hat (laughs) and a smile and it's very cute and I love my little candy boy that's what I call him um but like it's not I I can't get like actual scary decorations he gets really upset I think that he gets scared too honestly do you remember bringing it back to Jane Austen do you remember when we talked about the Jane Austen book club the movie and Grig the character G-R-I-G-G right not Greg but Grig uh, has Northanger Abbey as his book. And so he does a fake. Oh, he does house. the haunted house. <laughs> it's like so scary. <laughs> and then the character, I forget her name, but the mom of Allegra is there and it's like too much. And she's like, ah, ah. And she's like genuinely scared and he has to turn it all off and give her a hug. Like, that's me. Yeah. Like, there, I have almost no tolerance. You know what freaks me out? Just put me in a room with a strobe light all Mm. black room with the strobe light I will be more terrified than I've ever been I I did like a haunted house thing that was zombie themed once and the last Mm. room was they had people that were chained to the wall and like a gauntlet and you had to walk down the middle and they just had a strobe light (laughs) so you were just walking down this room with like a flashing strobe light and people like running at you and like but they were chained so they could get like within a foot of you, but that's oh, it. God, that's it was terrifying. so scary. Um, for me, I, I love and hate a haunted house. Cause for me, the anticipation mm-hmm. is always the worst part. <laughs> so standing in line, um, we went to college in a town called Williamsburg, Virginia, Kristen, where there's a um, amusement park called Bush gardens. And every year oh, in October, right. they turned it over to Howlow scream. Right. And it was, um, you know haunted themed and i remember the haunted house there was a uh circus theme oh my god terrifying so lots of clowns and stuff and i was in line uh with my best friend chris and we were like literally holding on to each other's shirts like we were so scared that the like half hour wait was the scariest part of the haunted house and then we went through and it's always the same thing we go through and we come out and we're like that wasn't too bad it's always it's always the anticipation that's, and that's but that's why like jump scares and and horror movies are so effective right because it's right, that tension right. and you know it's coming do you remember i don't actually think you were there it was me and kevin and one of kevin's friends we went to see jurassic park this was years after it came out like always know, go like see jurassic fun- park was I I didn't remember it. I had seen it once. I didn't remember anything about it. Oh my what god, happened. it's literally my favorite movie. Like it is actually my favorite movie. And I'm a full grown adult. So here <laughs> we are in the theater. We're in the theater and uh it's when uh what Laura Linney, I think, is it's in that that actress. Um no, it's in, Laura Dern, Kristen is Laura oh, I'm sorry, Dern. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Same diff. Laura Dern. How dare she's, you. <laughs> she's in the power station mm-hmm. and Samuel L. Jackson's uh, um, hand let me, comes down. Let me set the stage. She has just flipped on all the power to the park. The lights are coming on one by one in the hallway in front of her, like, light, 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 light. And right when it gets to her, she says, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. And right when she says that, Samuel L. Jackson's severed arm falls onto her shoulder. <laughs> and then a raptor attacks through like the the fence behind her and it's this like double jump scare i screamed as loud as a woman can scream and as high pitched as a woman can scream and so the entire theater burst out laughing but you know what everybody in that theater went home and talked about what an amazing experience they had seeing jurassic park I, I love seeing scary movies in, okay, I love, again, I love and I hate seeing scary movies in the theater because, like, seeing them with a crowd is, 
very fun because people do have these crazy reactions, (laughs) but it also is much more intense. So I'm going to see a new movie on Monday with a friend of mine called Barbarian that I've been going back and forth about seeing because it looks like actually really scary. And I'm like, is this too scary for me now? Ever since I had Alex, (laughs) I'm so much more like gun shy with horror than I used to be. And I'm like, am I going to be too scared? I had a dream about this movie last night that I have yet to see. (laughs) Oh my God, really? (laughs) You're already too scared. It's already brought terror into your life. This is again, the anticipation. So I'm going to see this movie and I'll be like, oh, that was good. (laughs) Yeah. Nah, it wasn't too bad. Like, yeah, it was good. It was fine. What's this? Like, can you watch any scary movies? I cannot, the only thing I could conceivably watch is like a psychological, like, oh, how interesting it's a metaphor for society when there are, there are no mm. jump scares and they're just mm-hmm. like, wow, I have a lot to think about. That's like as, as bad as I, I just watched a movie kind of like that called Men. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah. And I wouldn't even choose to see that kind of movie. I, I don't like to be disturbed. By yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, And it's really, I've been criticized for it in my own social circle, my personal circle for not being willing to sort of like use entertainment to make me think, but instead just wanting the same thing over and over or something pleasant. And it's like, you Mm -hmm. don't understand, like I'm escaping. This is my escape. Stop judging me. Like Charlotte Lucas (laughs) in the 2000, don't you dare judge me. But you said that you refuse to watch the Saw movies. Why is that? Well, um, I, I do not like um, realistic gore. So mm. things that would fall under the torture porn category, I don't like. I will say the first Saw movie, I have basically seen so many parts of it. I've basically seen it. It, it actually isn't. Um, they don't show a lot. Uh, they cut away so you imagine it. Um, But people remember that movie as being much more gory than it is. I will say that the Saw sequels (laughs) definitely lean into that, like, exploitative torture porn category, which I'm just not interested in. Um, But I will read every Wikipedia summary. (laughs) You just know know about the devious situation that Jigsaw has. I had a friend who had a a little one-year-old baby who dressed it as jigsaw with like the little like round swirls on the cheeks oh my god that's so cute i guess they were worried about the makeup but they just did one cheek with like the swirl and then it was in the whole little it was so cute how cute cute is that actually terrifying at the same time um so yeah so i and especially since i had alex like things with child death and child endangerment are very difficult for me now it's very triggering for my anxiety so i try to avoid that um and then always realistic gore is a turnoff i will say like cartoonish gore i find like hilarious and entertaining (laughs) um so an example is like the evil not the remake but the evil dead original trilogy like those kind of things i just see as entertainment it's like supposed to be over the top and ridiculous um the evil dead remake was like super gory and in a gross way and i'm just it's not fun for me Um, But I will tell you Maggie's trifecta of terror, even not that you asked. Um, The three things that are always guaranteed to make me scared are creepy children, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, herky-jerky movement. So when people move with like a herky-jerky, like you were saying, the strobe light kind of effect. Like in the ring. Yes. Mm, Holy shit. I saw that in a theater and I was like cowering in my seat. I did see that in a theater too. But that was so fun in a theater. Like I was terrified, but it was really fun. (laughs) um and then the third thing is puppets i don't like puppets oh yeah yeah now something like like, child's play like chucky is supposed to be funny right you mean like night of the living dummy kind of thing yeah or or like um one of the movies i saw when i was way too young to see it was the puppet master Mm -hmm. um from like the 80s and it's really (laughs) terrible special effects and stuff but i think that was formative (laughs) (laughs) you know what other movie i will watch is the scary movie 
genre movie it's just like called scary oh, yeah movie. the scary yeah one? the scream like slasher yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, parody uh, movies just making funny fun of mm-hmm. it like that i love like let's just let's approach the subject matter in a way where i'm far enough away that i don't have to engage with the real subject matter because then i'm interested too and and you know in the the you know things that they're making fun of and um and the stupid jokes i love a stupid joke but <laughs> evil dead I think it's the second one. Uh, My high school boyfriend made me watch it. It's not the one where he says shop smart, shop S smart. It's the one that's yeah, that's army of darkness. That's the third one. It's the one where he pans a hundred and three, 360 degree, like the camera pan. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That I thought was hilarious. At a certain point. Evil. So evil dead one was basically Sam Raimi and um, Bruce Campbell's like, film student film project right it's like super low budget but like they love horror movies and they made this and they play it almost not completely straight but like almost completely straight where it's very scary and it's very gory and then that movie like really was popular with a bunch of people and they got more money and like okay let's do it again and they basically remade this the whole movie but then they're like, let's <laughs> make it funnier. And so yeah. they, the second one like really leans into it. There's a scene where at the main character, Ash, his like arm gets infected by yeah. the evil dead and he has to cut off his hand and he puts his arm on a stack of books before he cuts it off with a chainsaw. And the top book is a farewell to arms. Like it's. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> And like there's his girlfriend gets Linda gets uh, I've seen this movie a bajillion times everyone um, also gets possessed and he has to kill her and he cuts off her head with the same chainsaw I can't remember anyway her head comes back possessed and like bites his hand oh my god and there's a whole like a minute long sequence of Bruce Campbell like crashing around a room with a fake head on his hand just like waving it around and slamming it into things and they put in a sound of her like like (laughs) it's very clearly like played for laughs and I love that movie I think it's fucking brilliant um actually speaking of good scares I had a special anniversary dvd version of that where the dvd came in um, the DVD box looks like the Necronomicon, which is the like book. Oh yeah, yeah. The grimoire yeah, right. with like the human skin. And it yeah, looked yeah. like it, yeah. and if you pushed the eye, it would go. <laughs> and I moved back home for a year after law school when I started work because I couldn't. I needed to save up money to buy my condo, and I was in. My mom has like a storage room in the basement of her house, and it just has a single light bulb. And I was like, oh, I need to find. I was looking for one of my movies, and all of the boxes were in the storage room. And I was in there, like, rooting around, and all of a sudden, I heard, ah! <laughs> so loud. Oh, my God, it scared the shit out of me. I screamed so loud, and then immediately realized, oh, what like, is- it's Evil Dead 2. <laughs> 20th, 20th year collector's edition. But, oh, my God, that was really scary. Like, a jump scare in your own life. Why scary. do you think we're we're drawn to that kind of thing? Like it makes me think of Catherine Moreland and like needing the thrill. Like it yeah, is, it's a is it a pleasant well, thing for you? Yeah. So this is something that I've thought about a lot because I listen to a lot of other um, podcasts that talk about horror movies and stuff, and it's like what draws you to it. And I think it's the same kind of thing that draws you to anything salacious um anything that like gets your heart rate up and makes you feel Mm -hmm. a strong emotion and I think what's fun about um scary movies is when you get like the anticipation and then the release like when you have the jump and then people always like laugh nervously afterwards yeah yeah. you know what I mean yeah Uh um for me it just I think comes out of watching scary movies when I was a kid my parents were divorced And I was one of those latchkey kids and I just spent a lot of time by myself and we had cable and I watched stuff that was totally inappropriate (laughs) and I would get like legitimately scared and have nightmares and stuff. But it's this vicious cycle that repeats even as an adult where I watch the thing and I'm like, oh, why did I watch the thing? I'm so scared. (laughs) And then the next day I watch the thing again. It's just this like, it's fun to feel that kind of strong emotion from a piece of art 
I think. You're treating your body like an amusement park. Kind of. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to jump out of an airplane. That's way too intense for me. But like, I'll watch a scary movie. That lets you get close to it, close to the thrill, but still in a safe context. I also think that horror is uniquely positioned to let us explore things in our culture and society that frighten us. Um, if you want to wonder what people worry, were worrying about at a certain time in the 20th and 21st century, like look at what was in horror, you know, and this with the 70s slashers, it was things like sex and women. There's a lot of like in the slashers, there's the final girl, right? So it's like this weird dichotomy about a strong female, but she has to be a virgin. It's like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. um, this idea of like a sexual revolution, and women taking back some of their own power and then like teenagers being punished for things Mm -hmm. for stepping out of line um we get a lot of like there's a lot of pandemic type horror Mm -hmm. um even an alien alien starts as kind of an infection allegory Mm -hmm. where they get um Sigourney Weaver's character doesn't want to let them on back on the ship she's like we're in quarantine protocols like no one's getting back on the ship and she gets overridden and they let it on and that's when all hell breaks loose um and so like I you know during COVID I couldn't watch any (laughs) uh contamination related horror because it's like we're literally living it um but the thing watch Contagion or any no I know Contagion was number one on Netflix for a lot of 2020 (laughs) but I was not interested even though Lizzie Bennett like saves the world in that movie uh I couldn't handle it but it just it really lets us explore um as people as a people and humans, like what scares us. And I would say a lot of this like prestige horror, that's what they kind of call this genre. Um, Things like Hereditary and Midsommar and like Men that I just watched, a lot of that deals with the effect of trauma on people. A lot of modern horror films are about how we process trauma, how we pass trauma along generationally, things like that. And that's because we're having these conversations now anyway. So it kind of bleeds into the films that we watch. Oh, I, I was just about to say something and now I lost it. That's okay. Oh, um, oh, oh. Um, I was going to talk about that mid, um, not mid, Midsommar, but uh, the, there was a horror movie called It Follows. I loved it follows i also found it very scary yeah because it's about venereal disease or it's, yeah maybe not venereal disease yeah there's maybe a, there's, that's an old way of saying there's it. a lot of things that i think it follows can be about um i'm a very like things that scare me very visual things like i will get a picture stuck in my brain and i'll see it over and over again and there are parts of It Follows that just like stayed with me for months and I found really scary. Like when the big tall guy comes out of the shadows behind one of the girls and like goes into the room, I like I just kept seeing that playing over in my brain. It was very scary to me. I love that movie. I think it is saying some really interesting stuff too. Like um, I would say like what you were saying, kind of this idea that it's like a sexually transmitted disease that has passed along. Um, but it's also kind of like, again like how we pass along like demons to one another yeah yeah you know what I was also gonna say too is that um I was thinking of like the horror horror movies of the 90s and what what were we afraid of then and I remember watching Scream and being terrified but really just not able to appreciate any kind of storyline and just being really sad that all the characters that I thought were cool were dying. Like yeah. I wanted to be a cool teen. I wanted to be those people's friends and now I can't because they got murdered by that guy in that mask, you know? Yeah. As I get older, it gets really harder for me to watch things like that where like, especially slashers where basically, you know, everyone's getting picked off one by one because an effective slasher should make you like the characters because otherwise you don't care. But then as I've gotten older and like, again, like had my own kid, I'm like, those are someone's kids. I know. They're just being (laughs) killed. (laughs) I know. Right. Well, tell me this also, did you watch that American horror story show? I watched the, I watched several seasons of it. Um, I think I watched the first four or five. Um, and then I kind of tapped out just because I was busy in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. I think some of them were more successful than others. But I mean, Ryan Murphy, who's the guy who makes those, 
he's also the guy who did Glee. Um, he's also the guy who's done that uh, like trial of the century OJ Simpson show. Like he throws a lot of things at the wall to see what sticks and he does a lot of bonkers stuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think some, some parts of those shows were very effective. You know, speaking of Sam Raimi, it brought me back to what you had said about Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and not feeling like it was for you and first of all, well, what it made me think about myself, because I'm always, of course, thinking about myself, is that <laughs> why that, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I, Who wouldn't? Was that I was engaging with that because it had horror fantasy elements, and mm-hmm. I am not a horror person. So it let me get close to the horror genre, genre without making me fear a lot of jump scares and stuff. Um, and, and, and was just really, really interesting and cre- interestingly creepy. Yeah, uh, in a way that I was not expecting. It was like a horror Marvel mashup. Right. And maybe that's why I enjoyed it because it was me getting to interact with a genre that I normally can't interact with. And then the other thing I was going to say were um, was things like uh, Stranger Things or like Buffy uh, let you interact with the supernatural in a way that is not everybody getting murdered every 10 minutes you know what I mean right you don't have to fear the death of another character I mean I still do and I have not finished season four so don't tell me what happens I I am on the edge of my seat I cannot wait to finish it but um uh you know actually what happened to me I love Sean Astin love him he is oh, my that was pass. so sad he was he is my hall pass okay okay he gotcha my marital hall pass so he shows up on season two of stranger things but you oh, you knew you had to no. know as soon as you saw him uh no, you didn't no, know well, that he okay spoiler alert for the sean astin but no he he comes he's on season two right the first scene he's in in season two of stranger things i did i didn't know he was on like i was alone kevin was on a business trip so i sat up and i was so excited and I said to the imaginary person in the room who wasn't there, I was like, oh, my God, every woman in America sat up when he came on the screen. And then I was like, well, well one woman <laughs> in America definitely sat up when he came on the screen. Um, maybe well, everybody loves Sean Astin. Do you want to know Do you wanna know what I said when I saw Sean Astin on the screen? What did you say? I looked oh, at Bay and I said, no, I said, oh, he's he's going to die. You knew? Oh, I of course I knew. Because there's no way Sean Astin, movie star, <laughs> um, <laughs> is going to be, he's like, uh, it's just not, you don't cast Sean Astin to be like your long, also, first of all, we always knew that Winona and, um, oh, what's the, what's the cop's Hopper. name? Hopper. Hopper. Like, we always knew they were the long-term couple, right? So it was very clear that, unfortunately, Sean Astin's character would not be, it was devastating, but like, I knew. But I watch a lot of horror and scary movies and horror movies repeat a lot of the same tropes. Um, and so I'll warn you, season four leans very heavily into 80s horror. So just be ready this for is, that. This is I'm on I'm right before the last episode and I'm okay. on the edge of my seat. Don't tell me anymore. But this is what happened when I realized that Sean Astin was going to die is when he left the gun behind and the like mm-hmm. camera track, he left the gun behind. I turned mm-hmm. to Kevin and I was like, tell me if he dies. I re- need to know right now. And he's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Tell me, tell me if he dies. And he's like, yeah, I turned it off. I have not finished season two. So <gasps> oh yeah. And it's really three. sad the way they did it too. Like you I don't think want... he's going to make it. See, that's what I hate too. That's yeah. what I hate the most is when they think, you know what I hate the most of anything? Yeah. It's like, like the, 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 the situation where, the characters almost to freedom, but somehow they stop and have a spoken interchange with another character and they're saying something heartfelt and then they get killed and it's like, you idiot. Why didn't you just run to safety? It's like that, except I think he's like actively, he's almost there and he's running no, and like something like comes that. Yeah, it was, it's very, as the they would say on Great British Baking, I'm gutted. Like I was really gutted. I'm it's gutted. really sad. I'm gutted. I'm gutted. I'm gutted. 
it's, it's, it's really sad. And we rewatched this uh, show starting with season two because I couldn't handle the like will be the fake mm-hmm. will dead body and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There was no way in hell I could watch that. Um, so we started with season two and it's it was just as heartbreaking the second time. Um, but what's really interesting is when, like I was saying, there's all these same tropes and things like that, but when new things come along and interpret them in an interesting way, and Scream is a perfect example of this kicking off the 90s, um, and it was like, the it's the first time I can remember someone blatantly acknowledging the horror tropes you know like well we're yeah, in a yeah, horror movie yeah. and in yeah, a horror yeah. movie <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. so meta and that was yeah. like such a no one had really come out and said it explicitly <laughs> before have you ever seen cabin in the woods that's the was it joss whedon yeah it was i mean problematic joss whedon but that's a really good like scary movie for people who don't really like scary movies mm-hmm. because it turns from a scary movie to like a sci-fi movie halfway through <laughs> nice um and it's funny. I, it's funny. I wanted. I will. I will. I will say. I will say one other thing. Just total sidetrack. Stranger Things sidetrack. Did you read that article or news article, like report or whatever, about how Netflix? You know, when you bring Netflix up, it's got a bunch of covers of shows. Yeah. Well, I don't want Kevin to know really. But I, I am a hundred percent in love with Steve Harrington. Like. <gasps> me too no me too yeah absolutely and this hair oh my god the whole thing about what the article is about was netflix knows your demographic it knows which character you like the best mm-hmm. and it's going to show that character in the box yeah they change what the cover is yeah the box and it's damn Steve Harrington every time. And I'm like, Netflix, stop fucking diming on me. I you know? love like, Steve Harrington. Do you not remember on Facebook where I basically was on, I just shared Steve Harrington memes for like two weeks after mm-hmm. I finished season four. Mm-mm. Oh, every day I was like, Steve Harrington appreciation post. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I need to get back on, on Facebook. Um, more. He's their dad. He's just their dad. You guys, he loves them. <laughs> He deserves better than Nancy. I'm not like a Steve Nancy shipper, shipper really. I think that like they need to go their separate ways. Although Nancy, Nancy's pretty fucking rad too. Let's she's be honest. She's so awesome. Um, I have to stop talking about it because I don't want to get accidentally spoiled. You could okay. go finish it after we you see yes, like one I episode left. To. Okay, I you have to, to message me even though I'll probably be on Do Not Disturb because of the time difference, but let me know. The thing is, we've been trying to finish it for so long but the semester just started and so I've been working like 12 hour days and like Kevin's you know not been the best headspace either so we just like haven't turned it on because we can't give it our full attention but I will say when Elle brought down I don't want to say too much I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen season four I mean it came out in July (laughs) a piece of machinery yeah exploded I was in tears at that scene and then I told Kevin I was like why am I in tears this is just movie making just tv making we've seen this kind of thing a hundred times and it's just like the storytelling was so compelling yeah that it just got to me I just I can still be gotten to by movie making and I was actually kind of proud of that Mm -hmm. I was like like let's have the new Spielberg because I can (laughs) fully invest like um I don't know how you felt about Ready Player One, the, the movie. The book um, is one of my favorite books. The, yeah. well, we saw it together. We saw Ready Player One together in Boise. It was when I visited you. Oh, and remember, yeah. it was pouring yeah. rain when we drove to the theater and we had to like sprint to the theater. It was pouring rain. Oh, that's right. We went to Sunrise Cafe first. Now I remember. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the thing about Boise. It never rains in Boise unless I have someone in town. They have like 325 golfable days a year. That's their whole thing. Like you can golf in Boise. It never rains, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, fuck it. I'm sorry that it rained. <laughs> that's okay. I think it's me because every time I go to visit my brother in LA, it rains too. I think I just like make it rain. Hey, um, like just my presence in deserts, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because I always sing um, Africa at karaoke. <laughs> I bless the rains down in Africa. Yeah, so maybe I just bring it 
with me. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I have some critiques of season four of Stranger Things. Season three is my favorite. And the reason why is because I like it when the characters are together. So when it feels like the writers have like manufactured plots to send yeah, yeah, them all away, yeah. that just makes me mad because it feels like a stalling technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I just love it when they're together. I want them to be together. And for season three, a lot of the time, like all the kids were together. And I loved that. Kevin put it in this very jaded way. He's like, they're good at finding young talent. But what, the way I would phrase it is everybody they cast on that show is such a good as- actor. And some of them are really young. And the guy who played uh, Billy, I thought was great on season mm. I had seen him before. I need to look up where I'd seen him before. Cause I know it. Yeah. Everyone in this, I mean, but this is their star property. Yeah. This is like one of Netflix's probably their most successful show of all time. They're not going to fuck around <laughs> and hire people who aren't good. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, right. Well, uh, you know, they found really good people. I, 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 um, I will say the theme song is uh, the most compelling theme song of any show. Oh, um, I never skip it. You should listen to, oh, I listened to two music podcasts and I can't remember which one it was on, but they interview the composers. Oh, really? And it was so interesting. And they just talked about like, like all the 80s references they drew from and all the different things that kind of um, went into their composition of it. It was It was either Song Exploder or... Um, what is it? Hooked on pop? No, what's that one called? I can't remember. I'll try to find it and send it to you. I should listen to Song Exploder. But what, what I was going to say is, I, I can't believe I for, for, almost forgot to mention this. Twin Peaks is one of my favorite shows of all time. The, you know, like original. Oh, yeah. Have we talked about Twin this Peaks. before? We must have talked about Twin Peaks I before. I feel like we must have talked about Twin Peaks. And so Fire Walk With Me, I would also consider a horror movie. Oh, absolutely. It's a hot mess. But yeah. I loved Firewalk with me. So here's the thing about Twin Peaks. It is the most incredible story of it's it's a um it's not really a feminine empowerment story. It's a story about the trauma that we inflict on w- young women. Yes, absolutely. Every every adult around Laura Palmer, every male adult around La- Laura Palmer was in her sexual thrall. Meanwhile, she's just a young girl trying to live her life. How did she have time to do all that stuff? She I know, was right? like she was a, tutoring, she was like helping this thing. guy grow plants, meals working, on wheels, working as a prostitute at the casino, at the doing Hotel. coke, dating three people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. damn, Laura Palmer. A no. student, straight A student. It kept getting more and more and more uh outrageous but you know um I I felt in a way not that David Lynch was telling my personal story I hope because of course not but (laughs) something resonated about being a young woman being sexually attractive and desirable and having the consequences come down on you like a ton of bricks bricks when you never asked for it you didn't want it yeah you're not ready for this kind of attention um it's not welcome and it is every man you meet is in your sexual thrall that's what happens to laura palmer you really should watch that movie men because it's really it destroys her yeah um and that the the so twin peaks was built around the hole in the fabric of that community caused by the death of laura palmer and everything is sort of collapsing in. Even the very first scene where the principal like breaks down and just sobs mm-hmm. seemed like slightly an overreaction to me. And then I slowly understood what they were doing. And I, I just, I don't know. I could talk about it at such, such length. I remember the, when I when I got uh, when I finished watching it. I went on my friend's um, Facebook page who was talking about it because he had started talking about it. Then I was like, I never watched it. Let me watch it. And then I was like, wrote this huge treatise. And I was like, even, you know, James, who's like, you think he's the safe harbor. He's also causing problems with jealousy and even, you know, these men. I don't know. Anyway, I thought he was so unattractive. I'm talking about this way too much. Sorry. But, I um, used to go to a website all the time, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was called Television Without Pity. And yeah, they would write, TV yes, TWAP, oh my God, RIP. And they would write recaps of everything. And they were hysterical yeah. and also sometimes really beautiful. 
and the person who wrote the Twin Peaks recaps, she was like, he looks like a fetus. He has a face like a fetus. It's not fully formed. (laughs) (laughs) The actor who played James. (laughs) And I can't think of, I can't look at him or think of him. (laughs) Without thinking of that. Without thinking of that. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about TWAP too. I know what happens on shows that I have never seen. I didn't have HBO. But I could tell you about every episode of Big Love because mm-hmm. I was fascinated by the whole setup. So I was like, I must know what happens. It's a great show. That's actually a great show. I watched it. It's a great show. I had to hide my TWAP reading from my colleagues. But at that time, I was in, in my own office. And so mm-hmm. I could really easily click away to something else. But I just spent hours. I, I was very depressed. Hours and hours and, and I, hours. I did not like my job. And I, I you know, and I don't defend it, but that's what happened. I still got stuff done. I did still do some work, but I just, I just don't defend it. Let me tell you something else about that. You read Bad Blood, uh, the Theranos story. That yes, I'm out. obsessed with everything Theranos. I'm, I know me too. I'm absolutely obsessed. But when that book came out, I finished it at 3.30 a.m. because I could not put it down. Mm-hmm. But what made me laugh my ass off was that Elizabeth Holmes's brother got like a nepotism job at Theranos. And he would, to in order to look like he was working, he would go to ESPN.com, copy the text of the page. And just put it in a Word document. Paste it in an, e- in an email body or a Word doc and read it there. And I was like, <gasps> the man's genius. a genius. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give that man all the money. He has just changed my world. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Can I tell you the most embarrassing time, the most embarrassing thing when I got busted looking at something not work-related at work? You may. I was, it was the summer of one of my college years. I worked for a company called Nantech, which is like a government contractor. And my job was to, so if you apply for a federal job, you have to have a background check, Um, especially depending on the level of your job is how intense the background check is. And my job was to like prepare the packet that would get sent to the private investigator who would, most of them are retired cops who would like, you know, you've probably known someone who's been called, like, how long have you known this person? Would you say they're trustworthy? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Anyway, it was, it wasn't even my lunch break. I was just looking at entertainment weekly or something. And I remember it was a slideshow of Grammy fashions. And the one that happened (laughs) to be on my screen, Uh this is like 2001. Grammy fashions are the sluttiest fashion. It was like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to call her slutty, but I mean. No, but like in she, general, she they... would dress very provocatively. It was like barely covering her nipples. Do you know what I mean? It was like pasties, basically. And like, I mean, she looked fucking amazing. Uh, this is not the slut. She looked great. Yeah. But the big boss walked by. And I had a cubicle and he saw my screen and he just went, be careful what you're looking at while you're here and I was so (laughs) humiliated I was so embarrassed I was just like does he think I'm looking at porn like what do you I I think I don't remember what I said I think I just froze hopefully I was like oh haha it's like a red carpet but oh my god it was so embarrassing it was so so embarrassing Back in the very early days, I was emailing with a friend and we were both obsessed with America's Next Top Model at the time. Oh, I loved ANTM. Also, those recaps on Twitter were awesome. <laughs> she wrote an email to me and the subject line was, you want to be on top with a bazillion yes. question marks because that was the theme song. Mm-hmm. And it was all in caps. And I got like caught like <gasps> just reading her emails, but the oh, subject no. was you want to be on top, and it sounds kind of sexual in that context. Oh, yeah. And I had to be like, no, no, it's my friend, and this it's this show, and it's like her reference. Oh my god, oh, let me tell so you something else about an email mishap at work. One time I was emailing with my husband back and forth, Kevin, and to be to be um jokey i put the subject line as i love woo oh, no. i was being i was being campy like yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. you don't really talk like that to each other but i was then I, we started talking about work and i asked him a work question and he gave me a work answer and so i was like i need to share this with my colleague so i deleted the whole thread except for my question and his answer and i'm like okay i covered my tracks and i've hit forward sent the subject yeah <laughs> I love woo. <laughs> the subject 
Uh, just talking about like people being terrible at work we had an attorney at my office get fired because he was leaving for hours in the middle of the day to also work as an uber driver (laughs) hey measure output not input man yeah i can't remember how they figured this out but like i mean we don't do desk check i mean you know nobody does that anymore we're all telework but it wasn't like the supervisors were doing desk checks, but if you like everyone noticed this guy who started working there wasn't there. And I think they just asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm driving for Uber. He just admitted it. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's the wildest like There's, work story in my office. The hustle, I know. Like, <laughs> you know what? At least, well, I mean, he was fired, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in a federal agency, you really cannot let Yeah, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Yeah, that's, no. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We kind of went off the rails, but I hope it was enjoyable to listen to. So are you going to watch any scary movies this October, Kristen? The new Hocus Pocus movie is out. You know, I never really liked, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, you know what? I don't actually have super, I'm not a, I'm not a Hocus Pocus fanatic. I would at least watch part of it every October because it was on TV, like nonstop. I think it's really cute. I think it's better than it should be because of the performances. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the new one is, I've watched half of it at lunch. It was very cute. It was very cute. The only part I will watch of the original is when Bette Midler sings, I put a spell on you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's all I need. You know, that's my my hit. That's all I need. My favorite part is when they are out on the street and they see a guy who's dressed like Satan and they think it's actually Satan. And he thinks that they're trick-or-treating as the Sanderson sisters. And he thinks they're like hitting on him because they are, but they're hitting on like their Lord and master Satan. Um, And it's Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, like two comedic legends a film in the 80s and 90s and it's just like so wonderful to watch all these great actors and they're <laughs> so awesome. they're so good I was talking to Bay about this earlier they're all so good I even found myself questioning like are we actually supposed to think he could be Satan <laughs> because like maybe he is <laughs> I love a well done cameo yeah, oh, it was it's so great. And Penny Marshall comes down the stairs and her hair is in those like soft squiggly curlers and they're like, oh, Medusa. Watch it all give me a shot. What the hell? It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's cute. And the thing is, people like, oh, it's so funny. Ha ha. Like, it's scary for little kids. They eat children like they steal their souls and murder them and yeah, then joke yeah. about eating them. Like, it's scary. <laughs> That's scary. I'll hold your hand. It's okay. Don't worry. I mean, I'm not scared. I'm just saying for little kids, Kristen. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to see Barbarian in the theater. There's a new movie came out called Smile, which definitely looks too scary for me to see in the theater. Oh, really? I can't handle that. Don't look at the trailer. It'll scare you. That's the other thing I don't like is any kind of facial mutilation, like in Batman when the people die and they've got that rick yeah that's what this is like though it's so it like it's kind of like it follows actually where it's like a curse that gets passed on but instead of seeing someone follow you everyone you look at has like a frozen joker type smile on their face Mm. so do not do Mm. not watch do not what 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 used to scare me as a child i'll just end on this the the scariest thing i could think of is i used to be afraid at night you know I didn't have curtains for whatever reason in my childhood bedroom. And so, you know, at night you just look out and you just see black when you've got light mm-hmm. on in your room. Yeah. And I imagined one time that I looked at it and there was a white face, <gasps> like a, um, a deathly pale, you know, scary That's so face. scary. And it, I, it, obviously it was my imagination, but that can scare me more than anything if I think there's someone just looking at me mm-hmm. and I check on my shoulder and I'm like who's oh, looking at me or like you catch yourself in the mirror but you see yourself move and then you're like oh it's just me but you have like that second uh, yeah yeah it's really scary is it a bug yeah. is it a murderer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, actually... I 
used to get scared because of the shadows on my wall because I'd sleep with the door open. So there's always like some kind of like, you know, it's never totally dark. And I would like convince myself that they were like monsters. And then I would get nauseous because my anxiety always takes the form of nausea. (laughs) Oh no, that's right. I remember you said that. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. That's okay. (laughs) So I, and then my, my poor mother, like as an adult now, every night, like mom, mom, I'm scared. And she would go, Margaret, just please let me sleep. I felt, I feel so bad now. Oh, I I feel so bad now. (laughs) Single mom, two little kids, me waking her up like every night for some stupid shit. At that point, you're like, I don't care if there is a monster. (laughs) Yeah. If it gets you, that's great. (laughs) At least I can sleep. No, Kristen, nobody says that. That's terrible. Um, I might. I, I'm very protective of my sleep. The dogs wake Kevin up when they're hungry, which is super annoying. They never try it with me. Never. They know that they would be cast out of paradise, <laughs> locked out of the room if they ever tried it. But it doesn't um, wake you up when they try to wake him up? No, I just sleep through it. I don't know. Wow, that must be Nothing's nice. More I'm a light sleeper. than my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fuck it, I just, I've been forgetting everything I want to say all night. I'm sorry. I know I've been talking too much. I hope this no, is interesting for talking. people. I think it's interesting. I think it's very, I think it's a very interesting. I need to put a sign up on my office that says, please make noise. Because I have imba- humiliatingly embarrassed myself so many times when someone just comes to my door and doesn't make a dang sound. And you're like, ah, yeah. And then it's like, I startle, I will jump out of my chair like I will physically jump out of my chair with startle yeah you could put like please knock on or please yeah do they like walk in and scare you or like the doorway is open and they They, yeah yeah they hover in the door I do have the sign please um not like knock on the frame or something poke your head in Yeah. yeah because that's just so much better um see my problem is though I'd want to over explain the sign I'd be like okay the sign has to be like please make some noise because I get scared if someone comes in but like oh that's way too much information to convey and like a helpful sign it needs to be like four (laughs) words I want to I always want I always want to put too much in any email in any message on any sign I want like a full explanation yes Yes. all the details (laughs) the over explainer well Yes. Well, good. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about anything we didn't say because we didn't have a plan. But it yeah, we're just we're just talking. You. I hope everyone enjoyed us just kind of talking together. I hope this isn't too self indulgent. I mean, it totally is. But what the hell? It's I our mean, podcast. It's a free podcast. If you don't want to listen to it, don't listen. To There's it. no ads. <laughs> There's no ads for Bombas socks interrupting you. Although, if Bombas socks did want to do ads for our podcast, I would totally do it. Um, some podcasts play the same ad like three times in the episode, and it makes me so mad because not only do I have to listen to an ad, I have to listen to the same ad. Mm-hmm. Oh, like this is free. Come on. Well, tell you what bothers me is Kevin listens to these podcasts where the hosts will do like a custom. Does he listen to my brother, my brother and me? He listens to Doughboys, the, the Doughboys, and he listens to Blank Check, which is a movie podcast. Mm. Oh, I don't know that one. I'll have to look it up. Oh, yeah. Blank Check with Griffin and David. Um, David Sims is the movie critic. You may have heard of him. He's mm-hmm. one of the famous movie critics. Anyway, they're they're really good. But when they natter on, it's like the podcast yeah. host voices, but it's an ad. I really hate that. And so I just push 15 seconds ahead and yeah. seem to not be talking about the hair dye. It's always at like my, the, um, the one that used to get me is I used to listen to my favorite murder because those girls are just so funny. And but then they talked about those like that like um, Madison Reed hair dye and like how they love the hair dye. Mm-hmm. And just I was like I don't even care if I miss some of the show. I just do not want to w- listen to the sponsored yeah. content. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of freeing. I would never take anyone's money for doing this 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 irregular, uh, very m- very mildly edited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of podcast. podcasts make Patreons, Kristen. You wouldn't do a Patreon. I would feel bad. You want to do like Alex's college fund or something. I don't. I would. <laughs> yeah, give me money for myself. Like, I don't know. I just feel like you had talked about this when we started. Like you would feel so much pressure 
Yeah. If the someone people, actually yeah. gave me money, I would feel like I had to do a good job. This is fun because I don't feel like I have to do a good yeah, job. Yeah, we can. It's shitty. I will. I will <laughs> say we did get um we did get this feedback that um I am an int- interrupter. And I am an interrupter. And one of the things this podcast has done for me is, first of all, let me know that. Secondly, make me ashamed. Uh, but thirdly, now in a in a work context and often and also in a personal context, I am very careful, mm. no matter how excited I am to say the thing I want to say, to let the person finish their thought, even, even though I get the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just... And I, so I do this now, I sit through this whole long question that's irrelevant. And I, if I'm on Zoom, I'll kind of be like, uh, like do a little gesture, like, mm, mm, mm-hmm. I want to say something, mm, Hermione, mm-hmm. I want to say something, but I will not interrupt. And I, I think it's just made me a better colleague and like a better person, but I'm sorry that <laughs> <laughs> Margaret just raised, she used Zoom to raise the hand icon and it said, Margaret raised her hand. We need to do that. We need to raise that. Our hands would just just be up constantly. Up, um, so. um, no, I'm um, exactly the same way. It's my toxic trait interrupting people. I've always been like that ever since a little kid. I'm constantly working on it. I will say that because you and I are such good friends and we are both interrupters that we never <laughs> get upset. As far as yeah. I know, at least yeah. on my end, like I never get upset. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I have a thought. I have to immediately express it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I yeah. never get upset if you interrupt me. And I hope that, especially when we would record without video, like then it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I get I get impatient too because I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. Now I'm not, I have to make my point because I get your point. And that's the other thing too. Several times in this conversation, I was trying to wait until you had finished your thought. And then I had forgotten I what know, I wanted to and say. Then I feel it happens bad. to me all the time. No, so that means I was nattering on for too no, long. No, it didn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It just meant that like I got I thought of what I wanted to say, I got interested in what you were saying and like what I wanted to say went away. But it's awkward when that happens in an actual conversation. So you you want to hold on to the point you wanted to make. Otherwise, later you're going to be like, dang it, I wanted to make that point. That was the whole point of the meeting. I, was gonna... <laughs> I mean, I'm quite forgetful. So it's never that. And that's the other thing too, going back and listening to these podcasts. There have been podcasts where I have thought I contributed 50% of all the talking. And I have actually steamrolled over everyone and contributed like 75% of all the time. How are you measuring that? Is it just you listening to it my, and then having the perception? Yeah, my perception. Yeah, you are not a reliable narrator though, Kristen. <laughs> like you just, because now it's a thing that you're nervous about, you're like going to see yourself as talking more. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, know. I get very be- very annoyed with myself listening back. I don't know if you talk more than I do. When we talk about substantive things, you probably talk more than I do. But like the podcast was your idea and your baby. So like you should talk more. What's bad too is that when I talk, I'll make a point that I'm really, really interested in. And then rather than letting someone respond to what I've said, then I'll go. And also this other thing that I didn't want to forget to say. And so then it's like just someone's like just someone like dumping a massive pile of ideas. You are too hard on your, that's just a conversation. Like I just interrupted you right here, but like, this is how people talk. This is just a conversation. I mean, we, this is not like a scripted Ted talk thing. Like this is just, it's just a conversation. I mean, listen, we, we are very honest about both of us needing to work on that, but especially when it's just, and especially when it's a guest, um, but sometimes we also have guests on that are our friends. And so it's just like how we talk to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. I'm going to talk. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm going to talk about another scary movie that was instrumental in my formation. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. When you record a podcast, you want it to be boom, 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 boom. You don't want to be like, yeah, uh, I'm like dead air. Uh, so that was like the, the band, Kevin, guest. <laughs> You were like, I had to edit out so much like awkward pauses. (laughs) We kind of forced that on them. I don't know that either. Oh, no. And Bay has his own podcast now. And he's like one of the liveliest people on there. He's really good. So he's just like very experienced now. He's an experienced (laughs) podcaster. I cut out a 40 minute digression of that podcast when Bay and Kevin did 
Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. A 40 minutes digression. There had a, it was a 40 minute digression. It had nothing to do with anything. I mean, it had nothing to do with Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It had nothing to do with Jane Austen. That is so funny. I mean, our mini pods are basically like 40 minute long digressions. This one's going to be like an hour. An hour. Well, it's fun. We're having a good, we're having a good convo. Um, We should probably wrap it up though. Oh, and I was just going to think of something that I was going to say, and now I can't remember it. So you are not the only person that this happens to. You are not going to be really mad about it later. I'm going to wake up in an hour and be like, oh, no, that was going to be the funniest comment of the whole evening. Oh, man, it would have been. It was gold. Everything that comes out of this mouth is gold. (laughs) Dog farting. Oh, oh, I remember what it was. Yes. Um, We should do a mini pod or a full pod, but where we like get people to send us questions, like pulling back the recording veil where people just ask (laughs) us questions about like how we come up with topics, like how we do the recordings, like all that kind of stuff. That could be fun. Yeah. You know, it's going to be really embarrassing though. If nobody has any questions, people will have questions. I don't know. We don't, I don't, do we have that many people that we would have questions? I think so. If you put, (laughs) if you put out, if you tweeted like, hey, we're thinking about doing a quote like behind the scenes podcast where you all can ask us anything and we'll answer it. I bet you would get quite a few people. Well, we could we could try. We could see. And then if that episode never comes out, everybody will just know they didn't get any questions. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> well, I will have to put uh, Toto at the beginning of this episode because that's my thing now. I always try to do a musical cue at the beginning of every episode before our theme song, as you know. Are you going to do the Toto version or are you going to do the... Weezer version? Weezer version. I'm totally going to do the Toto Yeah, I don't really get the Weezer version. It sounds exactly the same, except there's like a different drum track or something. Yeah, they didn't put their own Weezer twist on it. It's just Reverse Cuomo singing Africa. It's like karaoke. It's like Yeah, I didn't really understand why they did that. I mean... The money, but like it's do all about you, the Benjamins, baby. Do you know the band Queens of the Stone Age? No. You uh, so they they do a song uh called No One Knows, which is a banger song. You probably recognize it from when we were like in school. No one knows, like with the deer. Um you know, uh the music video was them driving in a car and it had they hit a deer, but then the deer is in the car with with, okay, no, anyway. Kristen. No, Dave Grohl is the Foo Fighters drummer, but he's also the drummer on the song for Queens of the Stone Age. So I re-listened to it over and over and over again because I want to be a drummer and I want to be Dave Grohl, even if it's just for five minutes. Please just let me live playing No One Knows and doing the drum part. I just want to have that experience in my life. I'm too lazy to actually learn how to play the drums. I mean, I actually had started before the pandemic and then anyway. Oh, really? I didn't know that. But it's like that yeah. little girl who like was playing drums along to stuff and Dave Grohl and her got to play drums together. Yeah, 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 yeah. that could be you, Kristen. I know. I had started, I was taking lessons and then it all fell apart. Why did I start talking about this? I don't know, but it reminded me of something. So now I'm going to talk. Please. Uh, <laughs> I found this great <laughs> Facebook group. It's called People Correcting Each Other Incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> And one of the ones that was so funny, someone had shared a post. So like you would take a screen cap, a screen grab and post it in this group. But so like the thing that was posted was someone had shared, oh, it was the, the, um, the kid who was on the cover of Nevermind, the Nirvana album, like the naked baby, he had sued Mm -hmm. saying it was child pornography or something like that, that he had been exploited and that lawsuit got settled. And so someone shared the article on their personal page like oh look at this and the picture that accompanied it was a picture of dave grohl like accepting some award mm-hmm. and the person was like why did you even put this picture on there that's the guy from foo fighters <laughs> and like i've never and they're like jokes on you like that's not that's the guy from the foo fighters These like people lived multiple decades my dude it's like I've never seen a more clear example of how you can like tell me that you're only 20 years old without telling me you're 20 years old. And then the person was like, um, that's Dave Grohl. He was actually in her <laughs> Oh, 
and the person like didn't believe them and it was this whole back and forth it was so funny oh it was so so funny but yeah like if you if you weren't alive in like 1994 you wouldn't know who was in the food fighter or in the nirvana you know like how would you know i got a big laugh today this is the last thing i'm gonna say okay i get a big laugh today i am a librarian at a university and i got to do my big speech about how libraries are more than just big rooms full of books oh you talked about lizzo no we didn't get to lizzo um and recently, before I got there, the library had weeded, like, pretty much half the collection of books was gone. Wow. Because they were old and irrelevant and had never right. been weeded. And so I had to address that because everybody was saying it to me. And I was like, okay, you know, all our collections are electronic now. I know we, we don't have as many books as we used to, but guys, those books were from the 90s. And I know we like to think of the 90s as being a mere decade ago. But <laughs> it was we are years old. ago <laughs> we unfortunately are old and so I, were those books. oh my god Kristen I am bo- I was born in 1980 and just like two years ago I realized that man walked on the moon in 1969 oh. that was only 11 years before I was born <laughs> oh I had operated my entire life under the impression that the 60s were like a lifetime a long time ago no yeah, That's, like the 1980s is a long time ago. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like ancient history to the to the children of today. And and let me tell you something else. I was listening to the radio the other, the other day. The DJ was like, "Please tell your kids not to refer to the 1990s and so on as the 1900s." <laughs> I was driving home from like picking up pizza a couple weeks ago and I was listening to the classic rock channel on my radio and green day came on and my soul left my body (laughs) my soul left my body I almost drove into a ditch dookie was one of the first like cds that I bought and I was obsessed with it and it's on the like they played fucking bob seger and then they played green day and I was just horrified yeah yeah so we're old we interrupt each other i love scary movies Kristen doesn't thank you gentle listeners thank you so much for joining us thanks for coming to our ted talk (laughs) thank you for coming in this (laughs) ted talk we will discuss the cultural relevance of horror our toxic traits um work incidents <laughs> unfortunate work incidents i yeah. love those yeah uh kristen i love you i love you too Should i miss you up? but it sounds like i might see you for the holidays that's exciting yes. um we'll have to podcast if we're together live time. we're gonna have to podcast live i love that idea we did we finish that. pride and prejudice we did didn't we, we? did and i still okay. haven't posted the final like the episode six so i'm gonna do that really soon okay well maybe we can do another commentary of something else sounds like plan. it'll be great all right everyone thank you so much thank you for listening should we have should we say we have should we come up with a different tagline for, for mini pods austin mini pods mm, um, have to workshop it what did they say like in the 90s like hey there hey fellow kids <laughs> <laughs> hey there fellow kids we're signing off now good night um, america love you mean it <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye.